Paging Dr. Randy. Paging Dr. Randy. I just got on call and they're paging me already. They want me to do work as soon as I get to work. Come on. Let's go. Yes, you. Come on. Well, I'm Dr. Randy. Nice to meet you. I'm a licensed family medicine physician. Since you're on call with me today, I want to make sure you learn as much as possible. Me and a few of my special friends are here to give you all the tips and info you need to live a balanced, healthy life. Are you ready to be on call with me? I hope so. So let's get it going. Our shift starts right now. Welcome back, healthy people, to On Call with Dr. Randy. This is episode two of my discussion with Dr. Milhouse. In this episode, we're going to discuss erectile dysfunction. So no foreplay with this intro. We're just going to dive right into the interview. So let's get this discussion going with Dr. Milhouse. So we're going to switch it up now. We're going to get into a subject that's a little hard to talk about pun intended on hard to talk about. So let's talk about erectile dysfunction. So how, as a urologist, do you define erectile dysfunction for your patients? Great question. So erectile dysfunction is the inability to penetrate. Um, so, or like you penetrate and quickly lose it, lose the rigidity. So, the penis has to be rigid enough to be able to penetrate whatever it wants to penetrate, okay? It can't be a, like, soft banana, you know, that's, like, kind of mushy and try to penetrate. It won't, it doesn't facilitate penetration. So if the penis is not rigid enough and that is from blood flow, then that is erectile dysfunction or if, like, some cases, again, it'll be, I can get an erection, but as soon as I penetrate, I lose it. And it's not because I ejaculate. Premature ejaculation is different. When you ejaculate, you automatically kind of go down. That's the body's normal physiologic response to ejaculation. So I'm saying lose it because you lose the blood flow and you have not climaxed or ejaculated. What's the most common causes of erectile dysfunction? Is it something vascular, uncontrolled other medical problems like diabetes, psychological? So age is a big, is a big risk factor. Just getting older increases your risk. In fact, we think there's like a 10% increased risk with each decade. So each decade has about, so in fact, probably about 20 to 30% of men under 30 or around 30, 35, have some varying degree or experience with erectile dysfunction. And then every decade, that's 10%. So 40% of 40-year-olds, 50% of 50-year-olds, 60. So age is a big risk factor. Um, There are certainly, I tell patients, and I love saying this, and I, I stole this from a colleague, what's good for your heart is good for your penis and vice versa. If you think about erectile dysfunction, the next thing you think about is your heart heart disease, cardiovascular risk factors. And in fact, erectile dysfunction can be linked to a first, the first sign of heart disease. Hear this again. Erectile dysfunction may be the first sign of heart Mm. disease, maybe the first sign of diabetes. I have, I've seen this multiple times, have a young man with erectile dysfunction, doesn't ever see the doctor and I'm checking their screening them for diabetes and they've got undiagnosed, uncontrolled diabetes. So diabetes is an erection, is a penis killer, erection killer. Okay. It's a huge cause for erectile dysfunction. 
high blood pressure, a, a, um, a common cause. High blood pressure um, is a double whammy sometimes too because some of the blood pressure, high blood pressure medications have the side effect of erectile dysfunction as well, okay? Um, high cholesterol is a risk factor. Smoking, huge risk factor, huge risk factor. Um, if you smoke, if you smoke, your penis will not work eventually. <laughs> okay. And people always ask, is that marijuana? Is that include weed? Is that- smoke, smoke. Yes, away. I know. Everybody always wants to. Okay. We so go. we are talking about tobacco. <laughs> the jury is out about marijuana. The jury is out. Like, what does it do? Is it affect erections? It's not like tobacco. Um, we do think it might decrease fertility or impair fertility. Um, but so the jury is out with marijuana, but you know, be aware you might, you never know. Um, but smoking for sure, tobacco, even if you don't smoke, like chewing, you know, tobacco, um, there are certainly psychological, you brought up a cause psychological erectile dysfunction, certainly anything. So psychological erectile dysfunction is the, the, uh, cause is due to some psychosocial factor, like one big common thing is performance anxiety. You know, you're so anxious about performing well in the bed. And so like, it's hard to get up when you're so anxious and stressed out. Right. Um, you know, there might be like problems with getting aroused enough. And, um, I, I've seen this a couple times, like patients who have, who, who watch a lot of porn and then will say it's kind of harder for them to get an erection sometimes with, you know, their partner. Um, and certainly relationship issues will, will create erectile dysfunction, can create, can create erectile dysfunction issues. Um, so those are the most common causes that we see. Another common cause is surgery. So surgery and neurologic problems. So what surgeries? Well, prostate cancer surgery is a common cause of erectile dysfunction. Um, How can getting some of those uh, issues that you mentioned earlier under control lead to improvement, like getting your diabetes under control, getting your high blood pressure under control? Is it kind of like a light switch? Once you get those under control, the blood starts flowing, you start walking around like you're the man of the house now, all kind of stuff now. Yeah, I wish. It is not like a light switch. It's like you have halted the train from, you've slowed down the train from getting worse. Okay. So a lot of the damage is probably already done. But if you want to be helped and help yourself and actually want treatments to work, then you need to halt the progression. I'll tell patients who have diabetes, like, listen, I don't think you now create you know, it was going to reverse it completely, especially depending on how bad they are. Like if they're consistently have issues getting erect, then I think, okay, it's unlikely you're not going to need some help, meaning some treatment. But if you want treatment to work and work for a long time, you need to get it under control because the worse this continues, the longer this continues, the harder it's going to be even to treat you. Okay. So it's really important just because it can't be reversed completely like a light switch doesn't mean you don't want to invest in treating yourself because it'll absolutely affect how effective our treatments are. Um, And obviously it depends on how early we get on top of this. You see what I'm saying? 
How long have you had diabetes? How long have you had high blood pressure? How long have you done this? Your best bet is don't try your best not to get these things. Some of these things you can't help, but some of these things you can help. And one of the biggest things is freaking see a regular physician. I don't care how well you feel. You don't know if you have a fever if you don't ever have a thermometer and check it. You must see a regular physician. And this is something that I pound into like our brother's heads. You know, my own husband is hard-headed. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, every year I'm having to like make his appointment and drag him to every year he goes. But he, I don't know if he would go if it wasn't for me, you know. <laughs> um, you know, so we need to take care of ourselves. We need to check in. And I don't care how well I see a primary doctor every year. You know, so let's take care of ourselves so we can check things. Oh, we're starting to see your your hemoglobin A1C is a little higher. Your lipids are a little higher. Let's work on your diet and exercise before it even becomes a thing. All right. All right. So you kind of touched it a little bit on a treatment. So let's talk about treatment options for erectile dysfunction. Viagra, Cialis, injections. So what kind of treatment options are out there for individuals? Yeah, the good news is there's a lot of options for men. The better news is these options are becoming more and more affordable. There was a time that these were these are like, I mean, I mean, insurance still questionably pays for these things, mm-hmm. but um, but coupons. But hey, and I'm gonna tell you this, and I don't know a lot of people don't know this, but GoodRx, these meds are cheap on GoodRx, cheap. Right. Hey, Kroger. I will, I'm a, yeah, well, okay, we don't have Kroger where we at. We have Osco, Jewel Osco, and baby, I'm going to pull it up right now because I always, I put, I bring this up in front of patients and they, I swear, I, they walk out like new, <laughs> they got a million dollars, you know, and so, okay, Viagra, 30 tablets of Viagra at Jewel Osco is 447. 447. Good lord, that's crack prices. I know. I don't know what Good RX is doing. I don't know what Osco is doing. But this is illegal. This should be illegal. It's 447. People are saying, and not that Walgreens going to hate me, but like they're like, oh, my Walgreens or whatever is charging me $300, but you ain't got to pay that. Now with Good RX, I tell my patients, put my all my patients on Good RX. So pills are often where we start, Viagra, Cialis. Let's look up Cialis on GoodRx. Those are the most common. Um, Viagra was the grandfather. Um, I don't know what came next, if it was Cialis or Levitra. I think Cialis came next. Um, And so there are others. There's Levitra. There's something called Stendra. That's less commonly known. Um, The Cialises and the Viagras, I know for sure, are affordable on GoodRx. So Cialis, 30 tablets, Jewel Osco, $9. $9. Man, because Dr. Milhouse is right, because it is definitely tricky with these insurance companies paying for some of these medications, because it's been times where, let's just say, I'll send in 10 pills for a patient to Walgreens, and they'll tell me their insurance only covers six. Now, why their insurance picks that arbitrary number, I have no idea. So I always only try want to, to have sex six times a month. They're trying to regulate. 
So I give them a good RX card. I keep that like close to where I give them their papers when they leave out. And sometimes I just hand them a paper copy of their prescription. Like, hey, you might have to go shopping around to see what's the cheapest for you. But here's the yes. paper copy and here's a good RX. And you can maybe go to Kroger and get it for $30 for cheap. Now, from your experience, which one kind of works better, Viagra or Cialis? Both of them. I don't, I think they work equally as well. Um, Cialis is more long. It's supposed to long, like last longer. So it's supposed to be where you, you know, don't have, I think, only a certain four-hour window. You see what I'm saying? But with both of them, you want to take it about an hour prior to plant intercourse. With both of them, you need to get sexually stimulated. I mean, you know, even when you didn't have erectile dysfunction, it's not like, and I mean, unless you're like 12, 13, 14, 15, it's not like you can just sit there and wish your dick to be up, okay? <laughs> it's got to be aroused. Like, you've got to have a stimulus. You've got to have something with those issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know like it doesn't these pills don't work like that they're not like some light switch like boop okay now we're ready no you still you have to get the brain has to get an arousal stimuli it just augments your natural process you see what i'm saying these meds augment it so your erections start with a stimuli with an arousal it starts with your brain okay whether it's a smell a touch uh, a, a, a lyric, uh, a visual, uh, a sexy voice, a sext message, something, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, to get your brain aroused. And then that gets neurotransmitters that work on the, in the penis to get blood flow into the penis, okay? And so Viagra and Cialis augment that blood flow to make it stronger into the penis, but you need that arousal. Um and so uh, these patients, I recommend that patients, if they try it, at least give it two, three tries before they say it doesn't work. You see what I'm saying? Not, not like just one time. Um, common side effects, headache is most common side effect um, with all of them. Some other side effects, you can feel warmth or flushing. You can um, have some decreased blood pressure or some lightheadedness. You can have color vision change. You can have some like back aches. Um, the rare, and this is this is rare, rare, rare in meds. We'll talk about injections in a moment. But rare in meds is where you get an erection that doesn't go down. Like, I don't think I've ever seen an actual patient that had that when they were using the meds correctly. Um, but an erection that doesn't go down is not a fun thing. It's not something you want. An erection that's lasting three, four hours is actually becomes painful and is actually a bit of a urologic emergency because that blood cannot stay there. It will damage your corpora or it'll damage the parts of the penis that may get an erection. And so we have to release that blood. Um, so that's rare with pills. Now, um, after pills, we may um, do injections. Um, penile injections sound horrible, but they're actually quite effective. Penile injections are basically medicine that is in a liquid form that is injected very tiny needle on the side of the penis. It's super easy to do. We teach patients how to do this in the office. They can do it at home. And it's usually a combination of two or three or four um, medicines that all that in different ways work to increase blood flow to the penis, basically. 
So it's a combination of different agents that work to increase blood flow to the penis. It usually uh, acts works faster than pills. Again, injections are for men who pills don't work. When pills work, great, that's great. But when pills don't work, we can do injections. They usually work faster when they do work. So, like, we'll do an, a trial injection in the office. And can you imagine, like, you're in the doctor's office, the least arousing place. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> I'll, you know, inject the patient with in the penis and then close the door. I put a big sign on the door, like, do not enter, please. <laughs> enter at your own risk. <laughs> And then I'll come back 15 minutes later. in motion. And and no, yeah. And I leave and I tell the patient, think happy thoughts. And they're like, okay, doc. Like, like, (laughs) (laughs) so I need to have like some like um, magazines or something. But then I'll walk back in and you'll see a little like, you know, the sheet. You'll see the little, you know, thing on the sheet. I'm like, yay. And I'll pull back and it'll be like a nice erect penis. And I'm like, yay. And I tell them, imagine what this will look like. And be like when you're actually with the person you want to F-U-C-K and you're in the mood. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So they're like, oh, Lord, hitting rules. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's really how I am. So, And then there's other things like there's something called the vacuum erectile device um, or VED. Basically, it is a cylinder. You can think of it like a cylinder that creates a vacuum that kind of pulls blood to the penis and so by pulling blood into the penis because there you can then it gets erect and then you use um a cock ring or a penis ring actually to keep blood into the penis so so this is actually a medical grade ring that you would put on there to keep the blood there and then you would do your do and take it off people use there are like sex toys that are cock rings that men will use to try to keep the their erections longer and basically you could just think of it like just you know a ring at the base of your penis to try to keep the blood from exiting out now the important thing about cock rings it's important or penis rings or whatever ring you're going to use around your penis that you do not fall asleep with it on that you do not use it for too long okay any just like anything that's circular around your body part it can get stuck and then it can create a tourniquet mm. or compression. And then it can lead to pain. It can lead to numbness. And in mm. the worst case scenario, it can lead to necrosis or skin death or death. Okay? So you do not want to end up one of those guys in the ER being like, oh, my God, my cock ring, I can't get it off. It's stuck. And um, we're having to pry it off with, like, orthopedic equipment to get it off your penis. Okay? Um, it sounds so painful. It's painful. So don't do it. Please take it off when you're done. As soon as you're done, take it off. Don't fall asleep. Don't like, oh, and then fall asleep with the cock ring on. Please don't, 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 don't. Um, and then no, there's. Wake up. Wake up, son. Wake up. Wake, take the ring off. Take that ring off might, as soon as you're done. Might yes. And then there's yeah. another thing we um, that is not commonly used called muse. It's an intraurethral suppository. So your urethra is the pee hole. And so you can put this little suppository, it's a little bit of medicine um, called the prostadil, which helps to increase blood flow to the penis. And um, you will squirt that suppository in your pee hole and it diffuses and it can increase and um, blood circulation to the penis causing an erection. Um, So that is an option too. 
Wow, you giving more options than I know <laughs> than I knew about. Y'all make yeah, sure there's a surgical don't option Google too. these things while you're at work. Yeah, yeah, Google them. Surgical. And then there's surgery too, Dr. Randy. Um, so, you know, I like to say this. At the end of the day, we can give a man a rigid penis. I mean, at the end of the day, we can. So there is something called an impl- an, an Inflatable penile prosthesis, implantable penile prosthesis, what we call in urology IPP. And it's basically a surgical penile implant that gets hard. Okay. Now there's versions of this. Um, the kind of most common version is what we call a three-piece device. And what that means is that you have these like cylinders that go in, into the penis on each side. And these cylinders can inflate and deflate. And so obviously when you're not trying to have sex, they're deflated. And then we install a pump that's in your scrotum. So when you're ready to get busy, you're like, okay, baby, you put on something sexy. I'll be back. And then you just discreetly pump this pump in your, I had a model in my desk. I wish, well, no one can see this, but anyway, there's a model and you'll, and then. Now we're going to have a visual aspect one day. Yes. And then I'll have to bring that model. So you pump, 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 pump. And that penis gets erect it fills the the cylinders fill up and gets erect it gives an erect penis and then when you're done you just deflate it so you could go as long as you want i guess um the there's there's other versions where it's something called a malleable a malleable is basically where you don't have the pump but you have the cylinders that are like kind of like semi-rigid and so you kind of like mold them to where you want so okay so it's the semi-rigid cylinders and you have them down facing the floor like a flaccid penis would but then when you're ready you just kind of like mold it up boing how you want it and (laughs) you can penetrate those ones are less desirable i think because it's not as rigid as the the um inflatable ones get super rigid where the where the malleable ones get semi-rigid because you can't be super rigid 24 7 you know so um but these are surgeries that can again create a rigid penis. How do you get your patients comfortable having these conversations with you? It seems like soon as I'm just about to walk out in the room, they start throwing it right in. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to talk about Viagra. We just had a 30-minute conversation about your blood pressure, and now you want to throw Viagra on me at the end. It's not, it's not, a, it's not an easy conversation. I, I know it's not an easy conversation for us to talk about as doctors mm-hmm. because we have to talk about the risk, but I know it's not easy for patients. So how do you get them to feel comfortable? Well, first of all, patients, please don't do that. Please prioritize. Please, if you really want to learn, like, don't be the out-the-door, oh, I want to get some Viagra, oh, I'm, they, they do that with me too, Dr. Randy. We'll talk about 30 minutes about your pee. And then I, you know that it's about, it's a 10, 20 minute slot and I'm already gone over. And then you're like, oh, by the way, I want to talk about erections. Da, 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 da. Or what they'll do is my medical assistant will be handing them the discharge papers. Okay. See us back in six weeks. They're like, oh yeah, I want to talk to Dr. Mill. I want to get some Viagra samples. Boo, you didn't even say nothing about this. So anyway, don't do that. Bruh. Um, but, um, <laughs> I, how do I talk to my, like, well, as you can see, like, I 
in, I try to create a relaxed environment. I try to create an re- environment where people can just kind of say the words they want to say. Like, I'm not afraid to say dick to my patients. You see what I'm saying? I'm not afraid to say hard. You know, I'm not afraid to say come. I'm not afraid to, you see what I'm saying? And I think by doing that, one may say, well, that's vulgar for a doctor. But no, these are what humans and and pay, people are do saying. And so it... It de- it lowers their guard. It makes them relate to me as a human. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, okay, I can talk to you. Like, you know, and you know, I and I reassure them. Like, listen, I'm a doctor. I'm there's a and I tell you this. There's a no judgment zone. This is judgment free. I want to help you. I need to, in order to help you. I need you to be as explicit as possible. Patients will be like, yeah, if things ain't working right in the, you know, love department. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I, what's not working right? Is it getting up? Is it not getting up? Are you losing it? Are you coming too fast? Like, I just, please, just blip. <laughs> right, right. I always kind of describe it as, uh, do you have problems getting the party started or keeping the party going? Yeah, that's a good way. And- yes, exactly. Exactly, right? That always kind of, I feel like, eases whatever tension that's in the room about the conversation. That's probably a good way, too. Yes, yes. I'm probably a little bit more like, can you get it up? Are you just keeping it there? there probably some patients like, oh, <laughs> like, can you can you ease me in, Dr. Millhouse? <laughs> um, they want some conversational foreplay. Yeah, can you? are just exactly. jumping straight into it. <laughs> I definitely can work on that, but yeah. Um, and then I've had some patients, this is really cute. I had a male patient who was like, um, he like went through the whole visit and like last minute said ED. And then later the second visit, he was like, the reason why I didn't want to bring it up because I thought it was offensive for me to talk about my penis to a lady. And I'm like, Oh, how cute. (laughs) I'm like, well, I'm a doctor and I'm your urologist. Like it's not offensive. You, this is what you're supposed to do. Okay. (laughs) You know, like, so I talk about penises all day. That's your job. I'm like, you should hear what I say. Like, <laughs> I'm more liable to like <laughs> offend you <laughs> with, you know, the words that I say. But anyway, um, yeah, I it tends to work. Like, I tend to definitely you can feel what it is, is the patient will be nervous. You can feel the tension. You can feel their uncomfortability. And if they sense that you are uncomfortable by their uncomfortableness, then it's just going to fall apart. But when I don't respond, like, I'm not going to respond by their uncomfortableness. I'm going to be very comfortable. And so then it it brings out their their guards. And I like to use humor. Like, I'll laugh. Not at them, but with them. And that helps. I've had many patients say, oh, my God, Dr. Miller, I feel very comfortable talking to you. You, like, really surprised me. And that, that makes me feel good. Like, I feel like that's a win when we doctors have those patients that tell us, like, thank you for making me feel very comfortable. Is there anything that women can do to help men with erectile dysfunction? Tell your man to go see their doctor every year. I'm telling you, the the penis and erectile dysfunction is the heart. It's the heart. Tell your man to go see a doctor. Eat well. Cook. Well, I don't want to say that women are doing the cooking, but eat well together as a couple. (laughs) Exercise as a couple or motivate each other to exercise. Tell your man to stop smoking if they're a smoker. Um, the taking care of your body is the best thing you can do. hundred percent. 
Okay. Okay. So that's some good information to kind of leave on. So I appreciate you having the conversation with me regarding prostate cancer screening and erectile dysfunction. And as always, we end with Randy's random questions. Are you ready, Dr. Milhouse? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) She's been on this before. She's still shocked by Randy's random question. (laughs) So question number one, do you have any crazy superstitions? Oh, let me think. I don't think so. Crazy superstitions. You know, some of us are like, don't split the pole. Don't dribble the ball in the house. Somebody told me one time about a broom touching them. You got to spit on it. If somebody touch you with a broom, because that's bad luck. I don't do you have any I don't think it's superstition but I don't like to walk on the creases of the sidewalk like I walk over the the court the the squares like I walk in the square not on the square does that make sense like I just feel like ooh, I feel like that times into step on a crack break your mama back yeah yeah I don't step on the crack that's (laughs) it like I'm not I'm like oh no no I'm not gonna step on the crack I step into the square yes what happens if you step on the crack? You got to walk backwards and then step over it again. I don't know. I just feel like it'll. I feel bad. I feel like oh, like something's like I just don't feel doesn't feel well in my soul. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Last question: If you had to hang out with a fictitious character for an entire day, what character would it be, and why? It can be a cartoon character, TV character movie actor actress like who would you want to hang out with for an entire day this is tough dr randy let me think about this who do i really like oh you can hang out with medea for a day you can hang out with one of viola davis characters Um, um Is probably going to be a Disney character. And I'd probably hang out with a few different Disney princesses. I love Disney. And I'd hang out with... I like um, Mulan. Um, I like, I like, I really like that movie. I like Mulan. And actually I had a crush. This is going to be weird. I had a crush on the, on the cartoon man in that movie. Like the movie Mulan, the man, like her, Uh you know, semi love interest. They don't really, I don't love interest. Uh Yeah. He was fine. (laughs) I had a crush on him. Yes. So anyway, the cartoon person. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I like yeah. Mulan. You want to hang out with him. That's who you want. I want to hang out with him. Yeah, maybe that's it. Let's just, let's just be real. I just want to <laughs> hang out with the Mulan male interest in the movie. <laughs> Lord. How many times have you watched Mulan? Oh my God, many. Oh, I loved it. I mean, I loved it then when it came out. I, I was old too. I was not a young, I wasn't like five or six when that came out. I probably was, I might've been in, I was out in college, maybe in high school. I'm going to look it up. When did Mulan, mm-hmm. Mulan 1998. I was in high school. I was in like 10th, 11th or 10th grade. So I watched it several times then. I watched it multiple times when I had my daughter and she was, you know, 
was in the princess stage. She didn't really care for it, but I would watch mm-hmm. it. Be like, well, Mama loves this. I know the songs very well. <laughs> and I watched the Disney <laughs> remake that they did, uh, the live action remake recently, which is very different from the cartoon, but I still loved it. But yeah, I could, I could, if you played the song right now, I could sing the word. Let's get down to business to defeat Hold the on. Hans. She's got the whole soundtrack in her head, ladies and gentlemen. Probably yeah. got it on VCR, DVD, Blu-ray. VCR somewhere in my parents' home. Yeah, all right. So we're going to let you off the hot seat. Thank you for sitting down again for my podcast. Shout out all your information and what you're going to be working on soon. I think you have a website coming together I soon. I do. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I do have a website coming out soon. It's way overdue. <laughs> Should have had a website like a couple years ago. But your girl is having a website that is launching in June. It is yourfavoriteurologist.com. So if you forget, oh, Dr. Even if you, I'm even I'm going to make it where if you go to Dr. Milhouse, it'll go to your favorite urologist, but yourfavoriteurologist.com. I am on Instagram at Dr. Milhouse, but if you just like search hashtag yourfavoriteurologist, you'll find me easily. Um, and I'm on Twitter, sorry, I'm on TikTok as yourfavoriteurologist. Those are my two biggest like platforms. I am on Twitter at F Milhouse MD. My Twitter is more just straight and narrow medicine and medical um, advocacy, uh, racial disparity advocacy. Whereas my TikTok and my Instagram are a lot of patient education, a lot of like inspiration, a whole lot of humor. Um, yeah, a whole a lot, lot of, of my humor. personality. Yeah, a lot of humor. <laughs> So, so what's going to be on your website? That's great. A lot of, so I'm going to have a lot of education on my website. I want to start a newsletter. Um, I'm going to have information where patient people can connect with me, whether it's, Hey, I want to you, you know, I want you to see me as a, as a urologist, or I want to connect with you to collaborate with you. Um, yeah, that's some of the exciting things. So I have a, uh, if you go on my Instagram and my link in my bio you can be one of the first on the vip um email list and when it comes out and yeah it's it's gonna be great there's definitely lots more stuff in the works that i cannot disclose but it's going to be great (laughs) all right all right i know you'll do great things so y'all make sure y'all go follow her instagram tiktok snapchat myspace facebook um Black people meet. I don't, I don't know. It's Black Planet. <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> so Wait, is anybody on that still? Do people, do, do people still use that? Do people use that? I'm, but, I'm sure there's somebody's uncle who's still on that platform. Oh, 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 somebody's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Black Planet. Mm-hmm. Black yeah. Planet. Do you remember Black Planet? That was yeah, one. I, I remember yes. Black Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, a long time ago, my mom found my MySpace account, and then a whole led to a whole family discussion about things that I put on the internet. So, oh yes, <laughs> shout out well, to being an only child. But yeah, <laughs> thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. It's so. a pleasure. Well, that's it for the interview with Doctor Millhouse. See, all men don't have to have their prostates literally checked. 
but make sure you discuss this screening method with your physician and figure out which test is better for you. Should you have your PSA checked? Should you have your prostate literally checked? Should they do both? Should they do nothing at all? It's not necessarily cookie cutter as you have heard in this discussion. So be open and honest with your physician and let them know if you're having any kind of urinary symptoms. Make sure you go follow Dr. Milhouse on all her social media platforms. The information is in the show description. And follow me on IG and Twitter at underscore Dr. Randy. Other ways you can follow me are also located in the show description. Now I'm going to let you go do your search for one of those coupons that we mentioned. And we gave you the cheat code and you probably rush into the store now trying to go get some. Slow down, big fella. It's still going to be there. Slow down. Keep the hands at 10 and 2. Drive safely. And ladies, if you think the special man in your life or family member needs to listen to this, find a sensitive way to share it with them. Just don't start playing it in the car out of nowhere. James, you need to listen to this. Dr. Randy giving you some tips. Don't do James like that. All right, I'm done. But I'll see y'all next week. Rate, subscribe, like the podcast. If you enjoyed it, share it with others. And as always... Stay healthy physically and mentally.